Family Guy, Futurama, Bob's Burgers. We've got all your favorite adult animation here on Hulu. Whether you like aliens or robots or family comedies, we've got you covered. Can't decide between the two? We've even smushed them together. Like with the oddball alien family of Hulu original Solar Opposites. But maybe you want to keep things a little more earthbound. Well, bundle up for Alaskan boonies in the great north or celebrate lovable family members with American Dad. Actually, that show also has aliens in it. You said you like aliens, right? Whether it's a thousand years from now in Futurama, adventuring with a group of secret agents in FX's Archer, or where aliens tend or tend not to be, you can watch it all on Hulu. Hulu Animayhem, your animation destination. Oh, Andrew, it's so good to see you on Zoom. Oh my Zoom. gosh, this is awful. What is going Isn't on with just, you? I don't know. It's just crazy. You know, and I'm glad we're doing this, but I really wish we were in the studio. You know, this this is tough. Yeah. It's, you know, I think our listeners will still appreciate hearing from us. Oh, they're so lovely. You know, how, how, how could they not? But what, Andrew, what what's behind you on the wall? Oh, that's just the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, it's the cast sign poster. Michael was in it as a kid. It's just like a thing. No, 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 Andrew, not that. It's it's a snake behind you what? on the wall. What? Oh, 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 gotcha. Manny, that is not <laughs> funny. You know you I have to give do you these shit. things. Come on, I gotta give you shit. Oh gosh, it's very, very, very funny. Blah blah blah. Oh wait, no, uh, Maddie, I think is it. Are you with a person? I thought you were doing self-isolation. It's just me. There's no one here. You no, know no, that. seriously. There, no, there's like somebody, there's somebody standing behind you. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Very funny. Yep, got it. No, I'm being serious. Look behind you. Andrew, you're not going to get me with this one. Sorry, it's not going to happen. I, Maddie, I can't help you right now unless you look behind you. Oh, what? Oh, oh, that. No, no, that's just a cardboard cutout of Zac Efron. What? It's getting me through tough times. Come on. Did you special order that for this? I did. Yes, I did indeed. Oh my gosh. Listen, folks, it's episode 31. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. The box. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. Look what you did to him. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Well, do you know anyone who is afraid of heights or maybe about flying or maybe is afraid of spiders? Well, sometimes those fears can become full-fledged phobias. So how do you get over them? 11 News' Donald Hamilton takes us to the Bay Bridge for a very special medical alert. 
The beautiful, expansive Chesapeake Bay Bridge. For most, a sight to behold, but for some, a sight to fear. Get in the middle lane. Middle lane? Oh my God, I don't really have a good feeling about this. That's 11 News reporter and anchor Lisa Robinson. She is deathly afraid of bridges, overpasses, and windy roads. Just ask 11 News reporter Mindy Becerra. She's driven with her. Any little curve. It was like she was a 100-year-old woman. I thought she was kidding at first, but she really was not kidding. She was scared. Welcome to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in the media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. My name is Andrew. And my name is Maddie. And we are in isolation. <laughs> Quarantine, baby. Yeah, it's so... Whole, um, it's a whole it's, very different experience for us right now recording the show. It's the first time we've ever done this completely remote for a full episode. Yeah, for sure. Usually, if you've not listened to our show before, we're usually in person, like looking right across the table at each other. Um, and we really prefer it that way. We really prefer to be in real life with each other. But um, Our microphones are better, too. Yeah. And <laughs> so, let's just face it. Yeah. So um, hopefully, you know, a couple episodes like this, and then, you know, maybe we'll get back to normal. But we are not, this is the first time we've dealt with a pandemic, so we don't really know what's happening. Um, Some so, Andrew might call this time unprecedented. <laughs> He's doing that on purpose because he knows I hate that word. <laughs> It's, I promise I would only use the word once in this episode. No, and I'll give you a little clue, uh, listeners, into why. Is I really think that um, there is a there is a business right now that is not not doing well, and that's the advertising industry. And the advertising industry is going crazy with COVID nineteen, and they are tailoring all of their ads to uncertain times and unprecedented times. And I get yeah. it. I get it. I'm just like, can we can we settle down a little bit on the advertising? Nobody's looking to buy a car right now. We don't even know where our next paycheck's coming from. So. Yeah, you know, it's 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 actually it's interesting you bring that up. Um, you know, a lot of folks know that I work in I work in social media um, for a social media management company. Hi, everybody. Um, and you know, we I'm in the business of teaching people how to use our platform and um, also consulting with them on their own social media practice. And that is one thing that we are truly, you know, telling people. It's like, look, this is not a time to, like, do transactions. This is a time mm -hmm. to engage. It's a time to have conversations. It's a time to um, help alleviate people's fear. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We are talking all about fears and phobias. Um, we don't want to take too much time because I know that the media and everything is going crazy with COVID-19 and coronavirus. But I thought that with the way that we would kind of discuss it today is just to kind of talk about some of maybe some of the fears that have developed because of this disease or because of this virus, excuse me. Um, but hey, and, Andrew, really quick, though, before we even go there. Sure. Just how, how are you doing? Um, so far, so good. I think the first week that we were work from home, because um, as many of you know, we're in the state of, state of Illinois, in the city of Chicago. Uh, we are on complete lockdown. All of our bars, restaurants, everything is closed except for um, delivery and pickup those type of things but even it's funny even with like pickup there is even like um what do you call it um, curbside kind of yeah thing. kind of yeah but it's different like um i'll just give you a, a one instance um one of your favorite restaurants chubby wieners oh i uh, love chubby you guys so listen there's a, there's a hot dog place right around the corner from andrew and michael's house called fucking chubby wieners it is 
It's so good. You have no idea. Keep going. But they've basically taken all of their tables and created like a zone where you can't go beyond that zone because that's like six feet away from where like the countertop is you know like the the cash out counter sure so they basically put your food out there walk away and then you walk in get your food walk away so it's totally it's totally changed everything um but i think um for the first week i was like first week of self-isolation was uh a little tough just because like we don't know what's happening like we don't know if all of a sudden our job is going to be okay or like where we're it it was just so uncertain that we just kind of like yeah, we kind of just did our normal thing, but you know, in the back of your head, you're like, um, "Am I am I panicking too much or not enough?" Like, I don't yeah, know. Sure, but I get it. What about I you? Get it. Um, you know, I think I'm doing the same. Um, you know, it's for me. Yeah, I, I live alone, as you know. People know that too. Um, so it's you know, there's just no way around it. It's fucking lonely. Like, you know, I'm I'm a very social, extroverted person. It is not easy for me to be alone for this space of time. I've now this is now the end of three weeks. So we're going into a month now of not being around other humans. Um, you know, super grateful about my job. That's for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I can do my entire job remote, and a lot of my friends have lost their jobs, and so I feel so terribly for them right now. Trying to help them in any way that I can. Trying to help people in my my apartment building right now who can't pay their rent. You know, we're trying to figure out rent freezes and everything else around the city. Um, but, you know, for me personally, um, yeah, it's fucking tough. I have up days. I have down days. Um, you know, um, I, I try to keep myself as sane as possible. Um, I go on two walks a day, usually about three miles each. So I'm walking a shit ton right now. Um, and just trying to do literally whatever I can to just not sit around and watch the news all day. I've definitely limited my news intake significantly that's good not, for you <laughs> oh I, I have to because otherwise otherwise i would literally just watch it all day long and, and you just panic all day long <laughs> yeah and, there, and there's no there's no use to that so you know i'm i'm trying to I'm, i really am actively trying to focus on the stuff that i can do things about and um the stuff that i can't i'm trying to not focus on that because there's nothing yeah. i can do about it yeah and also i ordered a nintendo switch um cool. And I magically got into, because it's, if you don't know, it's like a quest to find these motherfuckers right now. They're very hard <laughs> to find. So Best Buy, I was able to talk to somebody on the little chat thing today, and, and he sent me an invoice, and I ordered it, and it'll be here next week. And I'm very excited about that, because that will keep <laughs> my very busy brain occupied. That's funny. We're we're starting to do like the, um, oh, what about that show that we never gave a chance? Yeah, like, let's right. do that. Like, we watched all of Fleabag, and, like, we watched all of Dairy yeah. Girls, and so... I love Dairy Girls. Oh, goes but, back to our Ireland episode. Yeah, totally. But today we're here to talk about fears. Let's talk phobias. about it. Um, I think some of the fears that I did not have before, you know, this all started going down was, like, I, I am not like a sick person. I don't I that is like let me give a little context. Oh no 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 that. no. You're a sick person. <laughs> Leave a little everyone, context everyone behind knows that. that. I don't usually get sick very often. Like yeah. I I have I, what I would say a very good immune system. Like it just I don't really get the flu. I don't like the most I get is yeah, a really, like I can't ever think of a time when you've actually been sick. No, I don't. I don't really, I don't really get sick. But with this whole um thing going down, it's like given me um, psychosemantic type of Paranoia. illness. Yeah. Like where you're yeah. like, Oh, my throat's a little itchy. Like, Oh, like what, mm. what is that? Like, and th- then I think to myself, 
Andrew, it's it's allergy season, yeah. and also like you're just opening the windows for the first time, and also yeah, sure, you get this sure. sore throat every spring, so don't uh-huh. worry about it. Exactly. So it's kind of like balancing those things, and then I think like fear for my family, like my my family doesn't always take these things as seriously as they should. Um, and I had to kind of tell my mom, like, you need to not work. Like you need to, you work for the state. The state is on lockdown. Go home. Like stop. And like, my brother is a UPS driver. So like, there's that whole fear, like, and he's going to, he has to continue to work. It's a, it's a deemed essential. Um, so that was like a new fear for me because I usually like, don't worry about my family so much just because like, we're all really self-sustaining people. Um, you know, like we, we talk, but we're not like once a day talkers, you know? Um, and I think like that those things were like new fears for me coming out of this that I didn't have really before. Yeah. What about anything for you? I mean, um, I think, you know, we'll talk about more of our personal fears later on, but like one, one fear that I, that I have always had is a fear of heart attacks. You know what I mean? So like, Mm -hmm. I've always had kind of like a health kind of fear going on. And like, you know, I remember when I was growing up, um, and you know, we, we, we both grew up big kids, um, husky kids. Um, (laughs) and I remember when I was, when I was younger, um, my my pediatrician, Dr. Kolsak, that was his name, Dr. Kolsak. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how I remember that name, but Dr. Kolsak. I remember Dr. Kolsak in Maryville, Indiana. Uh, I remember him weighing me one day. And, like, I remember him, like, and, like, looking back now, I can see his psychology. He was probably trying to scare me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I remember him trying to scare me and say, do you want to die early? And I was like, I was, I mean, I was a fucking kid, right? And so like that really put like a fear into me, like, holy shit. Now that being said, I grew up part of a very large family, as you all know. So death honestly is not all that scary to me because I've always been around death. I've always been to funerals. A lot of people in my life have died, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm not really afraid of death. Um, I, you know, am I afraid of getting sick from, from COVID? I mean, yeah, of course I am, you know, because I think like at, at the start of this all, people are like, oh, well, if you're in your 30s or younger, you'll be fine. And I'm kind of like, actually, no, because listen to all the news stories now about like people who are my age, or, you know, your age going into the hospital, nothing's wrong with them. And they get COVID and they're on a ventilator and then they, you know, croak. So it's like, you know, there's. I think there's a lot more to this than maybe people want us to know because they don't want us to panic too hard. And so, you know, there is that slight fear in my head. Like, yeah, you know, if you get this, you better watch the fuck out. I'm way more afraid, like you were saying, for my family. Because, yeah. you, got, you know, bless my bless, bless these motherfuckers. I love them. Uh, you know, I love motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but also, like, not everyone listens. You know what I mean? And you oh, know, yeah. they're, they're, they're listening right now. You know I'm talking to you. Um, just like, you know, like, honestly, there's a lot of people in my life that aren't listening. There are people posting photos of this or of that. And I'm like, what are you thinking? And, you know, there are there are people that I work with who I, you know, I love these people to death. But I was just talking to some, you know, recently talking about visiting their parents and going to their parents' house. And I'm like, what what about self-isolation and quarantine do you not fucking get? Like, yeah. what, what don't you get? And I know... That this is lonely right now. Trust me, I live fucking alone in a you know a one bedroom apartment. This is this is about as alone as you can fucking get. Besides living in a fucking studio, I get it that it's hard, but what don't you understand? And yeah. I think that the you know, and I'll stop waxing in a moment, but like it's really hard for Americans to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and people just can't seem to fucking do it. And I get that. It's tough. It sucks. Um, and I know it seems like a novelty right now. But right now, as of this morning, I think only maybe, not only, but you know what I mean, only about 8,000, maybe 8,500 have died right now. In a couple of weeks, when those numbers get to six figures, you're going to see some different shit coming out of people. They're going to realize for the first time, like other people in other countries who are not as fortunate as we have been in our entire lives, we're going to realize some really hard truths about, oh, that's right. Maybe I should have shouldn't have uh, you know gone running on the lakefront when it was nice out that day. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, I totally get this it. This is it's tough shit. It's definitely given me a fear of other people too. Like, oh my I god, mean, yes. Going to like uh, even going outside or like going to like yesterday we went to the grocery store and yeah. just like I don't know, it's just like a whole different thing. I don't did know, you go to just... jeans or did you go to a supermarket? Uh, we just went to Jewel, uh, which yeah. is our local supermarket, but we went to the one down on Western, which is a little more spacious. Were, um, were people social distancing? Were they? Yeah, keeping... they have like a whole thing set up. Like even in the aisles, they have like stickers on the floor, like how far you should stand away That's from each good. other in the line and stuff like that. Um, but you know, you're a lot more conscious. And we yeah. ended up going. We went at like two o'clock in the afternoon, so it wasn't it wasn't busy at all. But, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, it's just an essential thing that we had to do because um, because we were. Right, yeah. running out of groceries. <laughs> you, you have to have food to eat. There's no way around it. But um, any, I mean, did you want to talk any more about any of this? I mean, you know, I I think that um, talking about this is going to weave in and out of discussions for the next several whiles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, it's it's not going to escape any of us, our listeners or us, for a bit. So you know, I think we'll just weave it in and out. But but we've got some other great stuff to talk about today too. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, really thinking about fear and how it's driving all of us right now. You know, how is fear driving us to buy? How is fear driving us to you know towards our addictions? Mm-hmm. How is fear affecting our mental health and our physical health? And I think that's you know part of what we're talking about today and in our films, of course, which you know are two, you know, really. Um, well, one really great film and another film that I have opinions about, <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that in segment two. Anyways, let's talk about some of these phobias that you did some research on because you've got some really good stuff here. Yeah. So um, first of all, I just wanted to go through like what the general um, definition for a fear is. Mm-hmm. So a fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or is a threat. Interesting. Um, with specific phobias, so something that you personally um, are afraid of or like over afraid of for whatever reason, they usually develop between the ages of four and eight. And usually you will not gain any new phobias unless there is a dramatic like something that happens to you after the age of 30. Really? Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. Like you're not really going to form new fears or new phobias based out of after your 30s, essentially. <laughs> You know, that's really interesting. Um, you know, I used to work in early childhood, as you know, for, you know, over a dozen years. And the, the most important years in a child's life when their brain develops is our zero to three. But a lot of develop, development, um, developmenticians um, think about it also on, a, on like a wavelength, not a wavelength, but a timeline from zero to eight years old. Huh. And so that, that's not a surprise to see that in the latter half, after your brain has has created more neurons than it ever will again in your life that that's when it starts to really take in fear 
after it's developed fully enough to actually maybe understand what fear is. Yeah. It's really interesting to think about at yeah. four years old. Huh. Totally. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think why I have the fears that I have. I can't attribute them to a specific cause, but I just huh. have them. Interesting. So, but we'll talk more about our personal fears yeah, yeah, in a little sure, bit sure, here. sure, sure. So, the top 10 most common fears and phobias. Are you ready to go through this? Let's do it. Number 10, trypophobia. Do you know what that is? Tell me. Trypophobia is the fear of holes. And, I, don't have, um, I don't have that fear. Well, <laughs> and I think that, <laughs> I think in this case, it is like, um, if you think about it as like a honeycomb, like that kind of a thing. Like where it's like multiple holes all next to each other. You know, I, I have heard of this before. That, and it, it's um, it, it's really interesting. I think of it, like, I don't think of this as a fear for me. I just think of it um, almost as like a disgust. Like a um, like sure. I turn away from it. Like I'm like, ew, gross. You know, like Wait, that kind so of thing. So do you, do you feel that way about, about honeycombs, for example? You know, I think that when, you know, when they do like the very like zoomed up photos. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like sure. that's when it grosses me out. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but I'm never afraid of it, so I kind of don't get this one a little bit. What about the um, the Instagram account secret buttholes? Do you have Do you have fear of that? Do you? Think? I, I don't. I don't. And I I'm gotcha. I, I'm so mad to whoever gave you that. It was Eric and Nathan. Remember, it was Eric and Nathan account. are friends. Hi guys. Anyways, it's really funny. You should look it up, folks. Secret buttholes. We'll tag you. Um, what, what's the next one you got? Uh, the next one is aerophobia, which is the fear of flying. Oh no, that that's not a surprise. I mean. There's so many people, you know, afraid of flying. I'm not afraid of flying, but I am a little bit, um, I get anxious at the airport. Do you mean that you're anxious about getting on the plane or you're anxious mm. about your plans? I'm anxious about like, because just because like, you're under so much scrutiny at the airport, like you go up to the ticket counter and those people are weighing yeah. your bags and you're interacting with them. And then you have sure. to go through security and you have to make sure you have the right things out. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that you take off your shoes and put your bag and then put your laptop in a separate bin. And they're just like yelling at you the whole time. And then I I'm know. getting stressed out. <laughs> you know, have you, yeah, I had an interesting discussion with uh, our good friend, Courtney. You know, Courtney. Mm-hmm. And Courtney works in cybersecurity. And a lot of her friends are, you know, security, you know, whiz kids. And they were recently talking about how all of that airport security, it's all theater, baby. Yeah. It's all theater. I can see that. Really interesting. It just What's makes me one? like, ooh, it just makes me weird, like wigged out. It's not like I a fear, that. but stress. But um, the next one is misophobia, which is the fear of germs, which wow. we should all be thinking about right now. <laughs> um, have you, let me ask you a very personal question. Sure. Do, uh, how, do you get afraid sexually with germs? No. I mean, before Michael. You know no. what I mean? No, not really. Yeah. I've never been, like, a germ person. Like, yeah. I obviously, like, wash my hands after I go to the bathroom and stuff. Sure. But, like, I mean, up until this point, I probably didn't wash my hands enough, to be yeah. totally honest. No, no, sure, um, sure, sure. I'm yeah. much more conscious of it now. Yeah. Um, but I've never been much of a germ person. Like, I'm definitely, like, three-second rule, like, don't care type yeah. of thing. I, th- I, think, I think maybe sexually I, I get a little, you know, nervous about it, I guess. I mean, if they have, like, uh, an open wound, then yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> no, Jesus. I'm not, you know, I'm not... You know, I'm not doing it with somebody who's got a fucking gash going on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hell, Jesus. But, I mean, I, I guess I get this one. You know, like, I, I, I wonder, you know, even thinking about the statistic that you gave earlier, that, you know, after 30, you don't develop any new phobias. I do <laughs> wonder how many misophobes we're going to have after this oh, particular I thing. I mean, like, when is – so outside of your house, like, have you been touching things normally? I haven't. I literally no. – if, if I leave the house – 
um, which I've done very sparingly, I carry a giant bottle of Lysol. Like literally, it's like a foot long bottle of Lysol. Yeah, we usually you know are I mean? taking uh, hand sanitizer with us everywhere. We oh go, yeah, the little Lysol wipes and stuff. So yeah, totally. I, I, it's made me more of a germaphobe, I will say. But yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and the number seven, what we'll talk about in a little bit here with one of our sh- one of our movies is claustrophobia or oh, the sure. fear of small spaces. Yeah. How do you feel about this one personally? Um. I'm okay with small spaces as long as I can move my limbs. Yeah. Like, if I get to a point where I can't, like, move my arms or my legs, that's where I start to freak yeah. out. Yeah, what if you were buried alive? Do you think that would be awful for you? Or do you think, <laughs> well, that, yes. do you think that would be fun if you were buried alive? I just think that that'd be awful for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I will say I, I am claustrophobic. Um, I'm not claustrophobic to, like, a to a, a great degree. Yeah. But, like, I'm a big guy. You know, I'm 6'4". I'm, 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 like, 210 right now. I mean, like... I'm a big man. Like yeah. it's it's it is not it is not comfortable for me number 1 to be in a small confined space. And number 2, it does lead to anxiety if I am in that space for too long or if there are too many sure. people around me or if it's too like warm or something. So yeah, I I I definitely have some claustrophobia in my life. I think mine um more comes from my sleep paralysis, yeah. but that's oh, like a whole yeah. different thing. Um, but like that is like when I get freaked out is like when I can't move my arms or my legs or like that kind of a thing. Oh yeah. Yes. Listeners. I suffer from sleep paralysis. It's awful. (laughs) Don't fall asleep on your back. (laughs) Number six, um, astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning. This is actually, this this is actually something that I love. I, I love thunderstorms. I, 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 I sometimes will just put on, on the little Alexa speaker, like sounds of thunderstorms to go to sleep to. Yeah, every every night I tell my Google Home, I say, "Hey Google, sleep sounds, thunderstorm, volume, yeah, exactly, fifty percent." But um, now that we have our little Sonoma dog, she hates thunderstorms, so yeah. it's a completely different. Um, well, I, th- thing. I think dogs feel those vibrations. Yeah, you know, it's different for them, and their ears are so much more sensitive than ours. Yeah, it's just interesting that. People have like legit fears about this. I'm wondering if it comes from like being struck by lightning or yeah. you know now, what I mean? Like speaking of dogs, what's your next one? <laughs> Sinophobia, the fear of dogs. Um I it was, I was very interested. like this is weird for me. Um it's like nearly seventy five percent of sinophobes are women. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting fact. Um, I think maybe this comes from like childhood trauma, maybe with like a, a violent dog. Yeah. Um, I I actually have more fear of cats than I do of dogs. To be I mean, totally honest, you know, uh, Bridget's a sinophobe. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's because she was attacked by a dog when she was little. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. I mean, I think it all comes from like just childhood dead. trauma. I don't think I don't feel like people would just like innately be afraid of dogs. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. I'm yeah, more of a. It, it, it would have to take an experience, yeah, without, without a doubt. I think, and then my my fear of cats is not like fear, fear. I'm just like they're so much more unpredictable. Oh than yeah, dogs, for sure. <laughs> that I, I never know I, what a cat is going to do. I don't have a fear of either of them for sure. Um, I I do have fear of insects. I'm not sure if that's in this list or not. But when it comes to insects, there are some, not all, that I like am debilitated by. Like literally, I have to go like stand in the corner of the room as far away from it as I can. Like if I see a roach, for example, oh, yeah. that will like literally, and I said, I'm six, four and two ten. Like I, I should not be afraid of this fucking thing, but I am. What about the uh, Chicago millipedes? 
Yeah. So also about those, right? So if you don't know what a millipede is, the Chicago millipede, it's like this creep. We, we call them creepy crawlies too. Like they just like they they go on your walls or your ceiling usually, and they're long and they've got you know a million legs. They're fucking like they're like aliens on your fucking wall, and like. They don't do anything to you. In fact, like as far as I know, <laughs> they just exist. Yeah, they just exist. And as far as I know, like they're actually like really nice insects. Like they like actually kind of help you out in your house. Like they eat like you know fucking spiders and flies or some shit. I don't fucking know. And like we're all so terrified of them that we just kill them right away. And like honestly, in my head, I feel bad for them. I really do. I feel <laughs> bad for their for for all of them. Oh, that's too funny. Um... All right, next, number four, agoraphobia, the fear of open or crowded spaces. And this, in, in our statistics, says nearly two out of every hundred people suffer from agoraphobia. Wow. <clears throat> That's really interesting. You are, know, you more, I, are you more of an open spaces person or crowded spaces person? Like, what makes you more anxious? Um, crowded <clears throat> spaces could make me a little anxious um, because I start to think about, like, if something goes wrong, what would I do? Oh you know, yeah. How do I get out of here? You know what what's going to happen? Who's going to trample me? Like all of those thoughts start to come to mind. Always right? have an exit strategy. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Sure. Um, but open spaces, I, I quite I, I love. You know. Yeah. I, I kind of don't get that one. You know, I like mean, white I, people. Like I the, don't know either. But like, I mean, especially like you know, living in a city. Like, I kind of feel like whenever I have the chance to be in an open space, I'm like, oh, God, let me live here as long as I can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, number three, acrophobia, which is the fear of heights. Oh, def- um, definitely have that. Yeah, this is a complicated one for me. And we'll kind of, um, when we get to our personal fears, uh, I'll kind of explain myself a little bit more. Yeah, but yeah, sure. this is something that I definitely have some issues with. Yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> I, I just don't like to be, I mean, I don't mind being up high. But, like, I don't want to um, look down. I, like I, like being in a like being in the Sears Tower, for example, don't yeah. care. But like, if I was on like a, a, a on a very high mountain or a high cliff, or if I'm driving on a mountain in like you know out west, like looking down off the ledge, that's what scares me. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, that it's that it's that sudden realization that uh, uh, you know what I mean, like oh wow, I could fall off this and I could die, like that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> no, that's I what get it. freaks me out. <laughs> Okay, this is one I'm probably going to mispronounce. I looked up all these pronunciation, but it's, it's a little hard, harder for me. I got me it. Aphidophobia. Afi- I think that's how you say it. Aphidophobia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is the fear of snakes, which innately I have. So <laughs> that's just like the one. Yeah. You know, I, I would say I don't like have like an innate fear of snakes. Do I want to be around them? Hell no. Oh, no. I actually once had a boyfriend who his roommate had a boa constrictor, and I refused to sleep over because I was terrified that it would get out. Okay, now listen. I don't want to offend any of our listeners that have snakes as pets. You do your thing, my dear love. Um, But I got to tell you, I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) That snake is, is waiting for you to fucking just just make a mistake to, yeah <laughs> like they they want to constrict you like I, I think you might have told me this story before like there was some woman who like told the vet like my snake keeps like you know getting around me and doing this and the snake and the vet was like that's because he's sizing you up to eat you like that's yeah. <laughs> literally what he is doing right now or she oh, God. You know, whatever whatever sex the snake is i have no idea how that works yeah i i i that is one that I can't do. I just I can't, can't do, do it. it. I can't you know, do it. I mean, bless you. Bless you if you've got him as a pet. It's just not my thing. 
Yeah, this is like one of those things where I, if I went on to a show like Fear Factor, I could do a lot of shit. Laying in a box with some snakes is not one of them. Oh, I would literally hell, just give hell up. Hell no. <laughs> give up. <laughs> All right. And the number one fear, nearly 30% of people have this fear, is the fear of spiders, arachnophobia. Yeah. So um, I actually am okay with spiders. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but how big? that's what that's i mean when they get to like tarantula i'm not gonna like hold a tarantula that's just not gonna happen but like like little spiders and stuff like i don't jump up on the you know up on the table or whatever and they don't bother me that much i mean like i think that spiders are scary because they're unpredictable right yeah sure like you don't know if they're jumping spiders or yeah (laughs) like do they jump like they go side to fucking side they got like are they poisonous yeah they got a million fucking eyes you know like you don't know what the fuck that motherfucker has. And, like, it might come out and bite you. And then, like, you know, you're going to have, like, a big boil on your skin. Or, like, you're going to get a fever. Or, like, you're <laughs> going to die. You know what I mean? Like, these are very serious, you know, fucking eight-legged creatures. I just, I grew up in the woods. And we had tons of spiders and all kinds of stuff. And it just, I don't know. It, for some reason, it doesn't bother me that much. Interesting. I mean, am I going to, like, am I going to, like, hold one and, like, want to, like, have it Ugh. crawl over me? Like, no. But Ugh, God, it doesn't innately so make me, like, afraid. Ugh. But I know that a lot of people, it's a lot of people's worst fear. Ugh. I mean, I mean, is it my worst fear? No. But do they disgust me? Yes, they, they disgust <laughs> me. Um, so there are some treatments for uh, phobias um, that you can help get yourself maybe not over it, but maybe be able to deal with it. Better. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, we always, 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 always stress speaking to a psychologist or psychiatrist when you're oh going into God, treatment. Yes. Um, but some of the things that they've seen that can help with these fears are beta blockers, which can help reduce physical signs of anxiety, which I actually might just need that for like social situations. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, so, so you're really thinking there about like, 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 like your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe like getting flush, maybe like sweating. Um, Sweet, yeah, the, the 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 outward signs of anxiety, right? Yeah, well, and yeah. sometimes with me, like as soon as I start to show the outward signs of like getting stressed out, so like I'm a big like shaker, like I'm a very shaky person, yeah. And when I get yeah. stressed out, it like amplifies that. Sure. But then once, but then like once I see that I see it, it even stresses me out even more. You know what I sure. mean? Like yeah, because I mean it's it's a, it's a spiral yeah. from that from that point down. Um, some antidepressants, um, SSRIs can help with people with help, helping them, um, even out their serotonin levels. Those are can tricky. Help. Those are tricky. Yeah. I mean, definitely, uh, rely on your, your, your oh psychologist. God, yeah. If, like, if, if anyone is out there just self, self prescribing yourself these things, you need to take a, a, take a chill pill literally and go see a doc. Come on. Um, and then finally, like t- uh, two of the more um, extreme measures is really like tranquilizers, which I I, I don't know when you resort to benzos, that. But... <laughs> benzos, man. Um, I think that maybe would be for somebody that has extreme case of some type yeah. of sort of phobia. I mean, um, be- benzodiazepines are are really that that's intense shit. Yeah, totally. Um, and then finally, like uh, the desensitization or exposure therapy. Um, so you can think about this in a way of if you were afraid to fly, um, your kind of counselor would take you through the steps of like thinking about flying first. And then you'll have them look at pictures of flying or planes. And then maybe you would go into an airport to see like how you mm. react to that. And then maybe they would escalate it further by like sitting in a, like a, in a, an airplane cabin, but maybe not taking yeah. off. And then finally they'd be able to like board a plane and like take a flight. So it's kind of 
of like yeah. introducing yourself slowly to the environment that you would be around. Um, maybe this works for some people. I'm not willing to do that with snakes. But think about <laughs> think about Julia Roberts. Look at a picture of Julia Roberts. Rent a movie with Julia Roberts. Um, think about watching that movie with Julia Roberts. <laughs> you, are you, you and then finally right watch that movie with Julia Roberts. No, it's just a little joke on Twitter I have going oh. on right now. Um, okay, th- those were all really good. So, you know, out of the top 10 phobias, we've got our number one pho- phobia as arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You dumb motherfuckers. One of our movies today is arachnophobia. <laughs> so who could have guessed that? Anywho, we'll talk about that later. But in the meantime... We should talk a little bit more about our specific phobias. Um, one that I have is drowning. Okay. And I don't know why I have it. As you know, I am not a strong <laughs> swimmer. We've been on a few vacations together where there has been a pool or ocean around, right? Or mm-hmm. a lake. Um, the water freaks me out. It really freaks me out. It, it To me, it is like a big behemoth that um, is just waiting to swallow me whole. And Interesting. it really freaks me out. It always has. I think my mom might have scared me too much as a kid, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, I do have a really random memory of of uh, being very, very young. And I remember, like, being at the bottom of a pool. And oh. I, don't know, I don't know if that is real or if I thought that up myself. I have no idea. Um, no one else seems to remember this, but I have a very vivid memory of that for sure. That's funny. I I don't really have a fear of like drowning. I more have a fear of like what's in the water, like yeah. um, like Fucking creatures and, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Giant squid. Yeah, exactly. What's um, what, one, so what's one of yours? So one of my big ones, and this is what I alluded to earlier, is heights. But my my fear of heights is not really. Um, it's not of the actual height. It's of like what could happen at that height. Like when we're crossing a bridge, I'm just thinking to myself, like, yeah. what if this collapsed? Like, yeah, what if that sure, happened? Sure. Or like, yeah. I, my one of my biggest fears is the Grand Canyon because I just imagine standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon and someone pushing me in. Oh, I don't think about falling. I think about someone pushing me, and that's like where my fear comes from with heights. That's is like terrifying. what could what could happen at that height? I guess yeah. like. When we think about, you know, a couple of years ago when we were looking at places, we thought about looking in high rises. And I just thought to myself, like, me on a balcony, how would that work out? And I just, like, yeah. I just have a fear of, like, would the dog jump off of it? Like, Ooh, would God. I fall oh. off of it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, just, you just made me literally jump saying that one thing. My it God. just, like, that, that's where my fear of heights I get it. comes that from. Make, that makes sense. I get it. Um, one of my fears is, is abandonment. That I is think one a of lot of people fears. have that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've talked about it with a lot of therapists. I've been, you know, diagnosed with sort of like abandonment disorder. Um, it's probably a lot of the reasons why I make some of the decisions that I do, right? Um, can't really explain it. I just have that fear. I just really have that fear that, like, people are going to leave me. And it just, mm-hmm. it, you know, it bears itself out in strange ways. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. But that's one of my fears. All right. One of my more irrational fears is of balloons. Girl, what the fuck is this fear about? Like, do you mean all balloons, or like, do you mean like hot air balloons? Like, no. What do you tell us more about that? I mean, like actual, like like birthday balloons, like that kind of a balloon. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I promise. I promise. I'm, I'm not. I'm just terrified. I'm always terrified they're gonna pop. I just. Wait, wait, wait. I, Another question. Sure. Do you mean all balloons? Like, okay. So, and what I mean by that is, like, if you see like shiny kind of fun <clears> balloons. 
but or like are those scary to you and also like you know your regular old like you know it it balloon you know Both. what i mean like okay gotcha okay I'm just I'm I'm terrified. I don't like being surprised. I don't like being startled. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so I just find balloons very unpredictable. <laughs> like I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think that the do you think the root cause of of your fear is actually just surprise? I, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Either that or I had a traumatic balloon accident as a child. I don't know. My, but like you know that yeah. game at like family reunions where you like have to try to pop the balloon like in oh, between people. That. Oh my god, it terrifies yeah, me. I mean, that's the other thing though. It's like who actually enjoys that? Like nobody enjoys feeling a balloon pop against you. Like what the fuck? I don't know. It's a thing. Um, my final fear is heart attacks. Heart attacks really do genuinely freak me out. This is definitely a function of my anxiety um, because I have an anxiety disorder, and so like I will often perceive my heart to be beating faster than it is, hmm. or sometimes my heart rate might elevate. But generally, because I'm a marathon runner. Um, my heart rate is very low. And I mean like 40 beats a minute low. Like yeah. That's usually where I'm at. So often if I feel my heart is beating fast, it's actually not normal. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually totally fine. I just perceive that, oh my God, my heart's going to explode. Um, and I just, I've, I've had a fear of heart attacks for a very long time, probably because like, I'm sure somebody in my family probably died when I was young and I just remembered that. Well, and also for the most part, if you're, a healthy individual and you have a heart attack, it can happen to anybody. I mean, it happened exactly. to Bob, it happened to Bob Harper, who is the yeah. trainer on um, biggest loser. Exactly. Like, yeah. And that guy's like a peak of like, you know, uh, you know, athletic. Per- He's Bob perfection. fucking Harper. And I, so I can see where that's, I, it's funny that you think about it so often though. Like, yeah. because I, I, it's I, weird. I get like the, um, the scare of like suddenly being ill or suddenly like an aneurysm or like yeah. a heart attack or like something like that, that COVID. you can't really like, you can't predict for the most part. I mean, yeah. there are signs, but you can't really predict it. So I kind of get it. Yeah. All right. What's your last one? No, I think that, I mean, snakes, I have already kind of alluded to, I can't even be in the same room. Do you know <laughs> where that came from though at all? Do you have any idea? Huh? I remember when I was a kid, we did find a two-headed gardener snake in our backyard. What, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> it's the earliest memory of snakes I can think of. It had two motherfucking heads yeah. on the body? Yeah, and my brother caught it and like teased me with it. Uh, so I think maybe that's kind of where it came from. That but. I'll tell you what, that is some fucked up devil-worshipping <laughs> shit right there, you fucking devil-worshipper. I knew, oh, it. God. I knew it about you. But well, yeah. that was fun. Yeah, that was fear. a fun talk about our fears and about fear in general, and about fear and being afraid of fear and being afraid of what we're afraid of. And if you have fears that you want to share with us, you can either reach us on social media or DM us or email yeah. us at um, friday 13 at gmail.com. And listen, you, listen, you little sick bitches, we want that 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 crazy shit. Like, give us <laughs> that like I'm I'm scared of cake. You like that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear the fucking Looney Tunes fucking shit, motherfucker. That's funny. But all right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we are ready for everyone's favorite segment. It's What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. That was good. You've never done that before. That's your first time. <laughs> um, so on What You've Been Watching, Bitch, if this is your first time with Friday the 13th of War podcast, we talk about what we've been watching, Woo! bitch. 
which so is a listen, lot right now. <laughs> I know it's a lot because we're all in quarantine and we have nothing else to do. So listen, you little bitch, Andrew. What have you been watching? First, I will start with our Patreon pick that was Ooh. given to us by Glaive Maiden Cosplay. Oh, I love them so much. Yes. They are so much nice. fun on Twitter. They're so cool with us. One of our biggest fans. We love you. Yes, totally. She picked for us Gothica, which was from 2003. I have not seen that in a fucking minute. It stars Halle Berry and Robert Downey Jr. in like kind of lead roles. Um, I watched Gothica again. I have probably not seen this since 2003 when it came out. So I kind of went into it not remembering much. Okay. This movie is weird. <laughs> That's yeah. all. Um, it is about Halle Berry, who's a no-nonsense psycho- psychologist for a psych ward. But then she becomes possessed by the ghost of a girl that her husband killed, but she didn't know that he killed and wow. and Robert Downey Jr doesn't believe her and she's in her own psych ward which doesn't make any sense because if you got commi- if you got committed why would you be put with the same prisoners you yeah. were just counseling I mean, um, it, was, it was 2003 yeah it's it's not my favorite movie um it's a little convoluted for me did glaive tell us why they chose this film yeah i think she just like what she went through like a bunch of different ones that she was thinking about but uh-huh. eventually just settled on this one just because uh they she hadn't seen it in a long time and kind of wanted to hear her thoughts on it so um me personally uh it's kind of just middle of the road for me it's got okay. some decent scares but the ending is just so convoluted that yeah, it kind of sure. loses me a little bit but overall i'm, I'm not mad that i watched it yeah, so I mean, of course not I mean, yeah. that, that, that's the thing with us that i think is really cool is that we're never mad when we watch anything quite frankly um everything is an experience it's all worth it um as you as you folks know when you become a patreon of ours at a certain level we will watch a film that you tell us um and each of us will watch one of them so i did not watch gothica this was this was in andrew's um category you will uh, have chillerama for next next month oh you just, i'll tell you i don't i don't i don't even know what the fuck that is but i'll tell you what i'm already ready for some chillerama because <laughs> i've been chilling on my own for a while right now and i'm ready to chillerama with something new um okay cool awesome so um anything else about gothica um, no, I think um, it was nice to it was fun to revisit that period of horror. I will awesome. say because they all have that like certain look about them. Yeah, like they're like all kind of like prophecies. Yeah, well, they're all kind of like washed out. Like everything's yeah. like blue or green, oh, totally. So yeah, without it, a it doubt, was a, it was a fun to go back to that time. That 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 honestly makes perfect sense right now. Um, yeah, and folks too, if you <laughs> want to become a Patreon and tell us what to watch, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash frygay thirteen. There are many levels as low as a dollar a month. God, a dollar a month. Imagine for 12 bucks, you can tell us what to do. Anyway, <laughs> that's our Patreon. Lots um, of fun polls in there. You can yeah. tell us what movies we want to do for the show. So, And one thing that we're really proud of is we will never put any of our content behind a paywall. So it's a lot of fun to be one of our patrons, but you're not going to get extra shit out of it besides some fun stuff that we give you. It's content available for everybody. Now, Andrew, I'd like to tell you about my first pick for All right. what I've been watching. Tell me about and it. It is this. It is The Descent Part 2. And this is fun because guess what we're talking about later? The Descent Part 1. I can't wait. <laughs> Descent Part 1 is fantastic. Descent Part 2 I'd actually never seen before. Um, and it has issues, right? I think that there are some parts of it that I really, really liked. Um 
and there are other parts that I was kind of like, why are you doing this? Why are do you, you mean, doing this? Do you mean the part where they force her to go into a giant vat of piss and poop? I mean, that's definitely one of them. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And also, you know, we don't give spoilers in this segment of the show and the next one we do. Um, but for this one, we don't. You know, I, I all I'll say is this. Where part one ends and where part two begins do not mesh. They don't make any sense together. It's dumb. I thought that was a really poor choice because mm-hmm. I think part one ends in such a strong place that I just can't imagine why you would suddenly start part two not there, but somebody made that stupid decision. Um, so yeah, I watched it. Um, you know, like I said, there are some parts that I did like, but I never need to watch it again. Yeah, it's um, I, I actually own it because I blind bought it because I like yeah. the descent, the descent, the first one so much. Sure, sure. Um, and it's just so different. The, yeah. the the colors are different. The monsters look different. It makes no, like, it makes no sense. It, yeah, it's it's a it's a waste of um, space. Yeah, Breath. essentially. Yeah. Time. Okay, go ahead. What's yes. one of yours? Um, my first one is the Netflix show. I am not okay with this. Mm-hmm. It has I'm this uh, one. some of the kids from It, and it is kind of a uh, Carrie esque story. Uh-huh. Uh, girl discovers she has powers? Question mark. Yeah. And it kind of just goes from there. This is a. We truly sat down and watched this whole thing in one day. The the episodes are like twenty three. Wow. They're like twenty three minutes. There's like seven of them, I think. That's so nice goes, that you can do that. It goes by really quick. Um, highly recommended. It's a very quirky show. Um, and the ending, if we don't get a second season of this, I will be stomping down the doors of Netflix. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure we will. Especially in today's world, like, it's going to happen. So, yeah, I am not okay with this on Netflix. Cool. Maddie, my what's next, your number two? My number two is The Plot Against America. It is on HBO right now. It is, is this based a, is, off... Is this uh-huh. a show show or is this like a documentary? It's, no, it, it's it's like it's like a mini series basically. Okay. Okay. Um, it is based off of the Philip Roth novel of the same title. It has Oscar Isaac in it um, and Alexander Boyle, who I am kind of in love with, um, and John Turturro and uh, Winona Ryder is in it too. Oh, weird. Um, I gotta tell you, it's a fantastic show. Um, hmm. It is all about uh, America. Um, just before the start of World War II, FDR is the president, um, but he is about to lose the the election, which he didn't, which he never lost in reality, right? But he's about to lose the election in 1940 to uh, Charles Lindbergh, who, if you don't mm, know, all, yeah. everyone knows that Charles Lindbergh flew around, you know, the the Atlantic or whatever the fuck. And the did. Lindbergh baby. Uh huh. But also, Charles Lindbergh was a notorious anti-Semite and an oh great, honest to God, pretty he, like in reality, he was he was an awful, terrible person. Fantastic. Um, and in this in this show, he runs for president and he wins. Um, and it's all about what happens to the Jewish community in America um, after Lindbergh becomes president. Now, pardon my um, ignorance, but yeah. did he did he actually run for president? No, no, okay, he did okay. not. All right, um, but but he was he was part of the American Nazi Party, and he's just a son of a bitch. Um, and um, it's a scary show because it is really similar to what you're seeing in America today in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, there's only three episodes so far as of this recording. Um, episode three, not going to lie, I know it's an emotional time, but I cried like twice in that episode yeah. and like once out of like pure on fear. Like it was pretty, pretty scary what was going on. Um, I think it's really well done. Um, you know, it's, it's a, 
it's an interesting throwback to you know sort of that home front era of World War Two. Sure, um, it looks really lovely. The acting is pretty pretty darn good. I would definitely say give this a go if you've got HBO. Cool. Um, all right, my second one is the um, remake reboot. The reboot. Uh, not the reboot. Re- really sure what to call it. Um, Black Christmas from two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I missed this when it came to theaters, just because anytime a movie comes out around Christmas, I tend to miss it, just because yeah. it's busy time, um, especially in my industry. So <laughs> uh, I kind of just missed this. I heard horrible things about it, so sure, I was like, sure. It was actually more of like, I'm going to defend this movie. I'm going to go in and find the good in this movie. The first three quarters of this movie, not bad. It's not a bad movie. There is some decent kills. There's some good, like, stalking scenes. The acting's not horrible. Okay. Um, The last quarter is so nonsensical. And I can talk to you about it. I can talk to you about it over after the recording. But it just is so off kilter and so weird. That it kind of ruins the. I, I can Weird. see why people didn't like it. Well, that sucks. But you know, for for me, I, I I haven't seen it yet either. Just you know, same kind of thing. I lost track, and you know, before you know it, it's April. Well, it was only um, in the theaters for like a, a week. Exactly. Like. You know, for for me, when it comes to reboots, what I detest on, especially on horror Twitter, is just everybody automatically trashing a reboot right from the get go, and it's like. Can you just not do that? You know what I mean? Like, is anybody trashing Candyman right now? You know what I mean? Like, no, they're not doing that because it's Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta and they love them. But, like, if it's anything else, like, people immediately start trashing and just like, you know what? Why don't you give it a chance? Like, maybe there is a legitimate, cool take that they're, you know, going with on this thing. And that might be kind of, I don't know, interesting or worth it. It's, It's worth giving it a shot. Anyway, I think that if if this movie would have stuck to its guns and stuck to, I don't want to ruin anything, but yeah, sure, 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 just kind of weighted itself a little bit more in reality. I think it would have been more successful. That but sucks. that's just my take. What um, about you? My third one is Westworld, the third season. It is fantastic so far. Um, it's a lot more futuristic. Um, this is also on HBO, of course. If you didn't know that. Um, it's a lot faster than previous seasons, which is cool. Um, you know, season two, I thought was really wonderful. This one it was really wonderful, but also very, very philosophical. It's a little slow moving. Um, season three retains that same sort of philosophical moment, but also like speeds it along. There's a lot of action, a lot of like futuristic stuff. They're in really cool locations. The architecture is amazing. The devices and the cars and the, you know, it's just, everything is just really fucking cool. It's a cool show. So season three is, has been really satisfying so far. Not a fan. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But, and you don't have to be, but but I am. Yeah. And, and, I, and, it's, and it's really good. So if you're in watched, the Westworld, then go I for watched it. the, well, no, I actually really did like the first two seasons. That's where I'm a little bit. Uh, oh, you, well, you mean you don't like the third season? Not so far. Oh, um, I thought that you weren't a fan of Westworld in general. No, I watched the first two seasons. Oh, I, I really, that. I really liked the first season. I thought the second season was a little um, over. I don't know what the word is. Like, just like uh, too full of themselves a little bit. Like, hmm. look how smart we are. Like that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but the third season, I just don't know what's happening. It's there's, just I so mean, there. There's a lot happening. 
There's a lot. I mean, I I think that might be part of it is that there is a lot going on. It's just taking me a little bit to get into it. Maybe it'll shift, but I hope um, it does for you. I hope it does. All right. My third one is the movie that everyone was talking about back in September when it got canceled by the president, essentially Um, came out in March and then when all of the stuff that we are dealing with right now, they end up moving it to VOD for 1999. It is The Hunt. Um, the Interesting. Hunt, the Hunt, and I don't think I'm going to say anything different than what most people I've seen are saying about this movie. Yeah. But it's just like a, it's a fun movie. I don't know. It's, it's more of a satire than a horror movie. Um, even though there's a lot of like violence and things happening. But yeah. it's kind of... It takes both sides of our political system and kind of like over exacerbates the like extremeness of both. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of just plays off of that. And if you don't know, it's about a bunch of people that, you know, maybe swing a little bit right in their beliefs, waking up in a field and they're tied up and they're given weapons and then they're being hunted by maybe people that swing a little bit more left. And interesting. It's all about our main character, her kind of journey going through the hunt. Um, I, I thought um, Betty Gilpin, who plays the main character, yeah. she's fantastic. Um, she's If you don't watch her on Glow, she's fantastic in Glow. I think she's kind of the standout character in that yeah. show. Um, but it also, you know, has a, has a great cast. I can't even need, like, name Ike Ike Barinholtz is in it. There's tons of people in it. Yeah, you know, I I used to work with John with uh, with Ike Barinholtz's brother back oh, in really? the day. Yeah, yeah, for a long time. But uh, you know, I I think the thing about the hunt. And I haven't seen it yet, and I and I will. I'm sure maybe, maybe one day we'll cover it. We'll see. But I just feel like it got so much, um, it got so much uh, unworthy press just from the get go, just because of the nature of what happened. That like it it, it got a reputation that maybe it didn't even need. Right. You no. Know? Yeah. Like, and and honestly, it didn't. It's just like a. It's this is going to be one of those movies that survive on people like wanting to like. Put it on like when they're at like a party, or like put it on yeah, like sure. when like you've had like a couple drinks and you just want to have fun with a movie. Like it's yeah. that kind of movie. It's not a serious movie. It's totally satire. If you think that it's going to upset you uh, politically, just take it with the fucking grain of salt yeah, that the sure. filmmakers like intended it to, um, and just have fun with it. Yeah, you know, if you're a right winger, <clears throat> look out. You might wake up in a field one day, and I'll be hunting you. Um, anyways, my last selection is one that you actually mentioned in the last episode, 1917. Sure. Oh, did um, you I, get around to seeing I it? I just watched it the other night, and you know what? It was fantastic. Yeah, really, told you. Really, really good. Just, um, you know, classic. If you're not into war films, you're not going to like it, but I, I do like war films. Um, I, I'm going to disagree with you there, because I don't like war films, and I liked this movie You don't? Quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like, like, I fucking hate Saving Private Ryan. I can't stand that movie. Yeah. Like, there's a, a war thing is just not for me. Yeah. I watched this because of the... I heard about the cinematography and the way it was filmed, and I wanted yeah, to see sure. that. So I, I really like this movie. Well, I guess what I mean by that is that if you don't like people getting blown up or you know <laughs> people getting killed, and there's a lot of dead bodies, and, and it, it is real war. Like this is not some fake thing. This is what you know World War One. I'm sure was very much like. Then you you will not be a fan of it. Yeah. Um, but I think the story is fantastic. The the filming is wonderful. Acting is so well done. Um, and it was well worth my time and well worth my, you know, five bucks I spent to rent it. Yeah, um, for sure. so yeah, it was, it was awesome. I'm really glad that I rented it. Good, good. Um, my last one is one that 
I'm not glad that I spent oh, my five dollars no. on. No. Um, we watched uh, the Grudge from 2020. Oh, um, boy. Unfortunately, the filmmakers in this movie concentrated way too hard on giving you a a way of telling a story instead of actually telling a story. Yeah. Um, so if you remember from the either um, the the earlier Japanese film or from the Sarah Michelle Gellar remake, yeah. Um, they kind of um, intersplice different stories throughout, and you kind of learn like what happens like through little vignettes, if you will. Sure. They do it the same way here, but there's no story. What? It's just like it's just like you you go in the house and you die. There's no. What's the grudge? There's then, no grudge. Yeah, then why why are we even watching this then? Like, what's the point? Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, because it's got the fucking cast is great. That's I had a, a double shame to hear. That's I had a, a double shame. dose of Betty Gilpin. She's in this movie too. Uh, John Cho. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great people in this. Unfortunately, I I just don't think they'd said anything. I don't That's think the movie shame. said anything, but. Well, can, at least you got it off your list. Look at it that way. Yeah, of course. Um, I never think. I never not want to see something. Yeah. I So, there you go. <laughs> Good. Well, our dear friends out there, dear listeners, little bitches, that's what you've been watching, bitch. We hope that you enjoyed it, too. We hope that you'll let us know what you've been watching, bitch. And that wraps it up for this segment. So, we're going to go into our first horror in media selection, which is Creepy Crawly arachnophobia we'll be right back the jennings family has just moved to the small town of canaima oh ross smell that air oh god in search of a simpler life want to blow up a bullfrog Okay. It's the perfect place. Goodbye crime, goodbye grime. Except for one pesty little problem. Come with me and look at the web. The web? I have a terrible fear of spiders. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. It's not irrational. Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Jeff Daniels. Honey! We're in the living room. We need you to kill a spider. And John Goodman. Bill McClintock, infestation management. Ooh, that guy's just a spider. Would anybody object if I tore this floor out? I would. False alarm, then leave on. There's no spider here. Every so often in a little town somewhere, there is a health scare. There's a rumor going around that some kind of spider might have killed Sam Metcalf. Doubtful. Spiders make convenient culprits. There's no spider here. I think one of your Venezuelan spiders hitched a ride here. There may be some spiders around here that are very dangerous. Dad, chill out. Just run. They spread out from a central nest in a web-like pattern and dominate the entire area. When that happens, this town is dead. Better uncork my private stock. Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Arachnophobia, Eight Legs, Two Fangs, and an Attitude. Welcome to Horror in Media, and our first film for today is Arachnophobia. Andrew, tell us about this creepy, crawly, eight-legged film. 
Arachnophobia from 1990, directed by Frank Marshall and written by Don Jacoby and Al Williams. A large spider from the jungles of South America is accidentally transported in a crate with a dead body to America, where it mates with a local spider. Soon after, the residents of a small California town disappear as a result of spider bites from the deadly spider offspring. It's up to a couple of doctors with the help of an insect exterminator to annihilate these eight-legged terrors before they take over the entire town. It is starring Jeff Daniels as Ross Jennings, Harley Jane Kozak as Molly Jennings, John Goodman as Delbert McClintock, Julian Sands as the sexy Dr. James Atherton, uh, Stuart Pankin as Sheriff Parsons, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think? Um, arachnophobia. I probably haven't seen this movie in 10 years. It's been a long, uh, been a long time. Just a long time since I've seen it. It's not one I go back to very often. Um, you know, overall, this time I actually enjoyed it more than I remembered. Yeah, um, sure. And it actually gave me, like, the creepy crawlies a little bit more this time, I feel like. Especially towards the end when they're, like, invading the house. I got kind of, like, bleh, bajiggity about it. Um, yeah. Overall, I think some of the performances are a little, um... I think they're a product of the time, of course, because this is 1990. I think they overplay the small-town America aspect of it a little bit too much. Um, And I think that some of the performances are a little unbalanced. Like, um, John Goodman's character, for instance, is a little bit, like, too fantastical, whereas somebody like Jeff Daniels is very rooted in reality. Um, And the wife is very... His family is very rooted in reality. It's everyone around them that's kind of, like a yeah a caricature of themselves yeah i get Um, that but overall um i forgot the starts in the jungle i forgot that whole portion of it um and i kind of forgot that the guy at the beginning is not our main character so i will give the props to the the movie for that it did fool me a little bit into thinking oh here's our main character this is the guy we're gonna be with for the rest of the movie and then you know 15 minutes in, he gets killed and, um, and then is transported back to America. Um, I thought some of the spider work was really good for 1990. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was remarkable to be honest. I mean, when you really think about it. Yeah. For 1990, for sure. Um, some of the spider stuff was really good. Um, I'm, I, I actually like this movie more now, I think. What did you think of the credits song at the end? Oh my gosh. Um, which is called <laughs> Don't Bug Me by Jimmy Buffett. You'll probably hear it in between <laughs> the credits. Oh my God. So, same. I, mean, I I hadn't seen this film since I was a kid, I'm pretty sure, right? And, like, you know, I'm not into watching films about spiders, so I didn't really give a fuck about it. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long time. Haven't seen it. Definitely forgot... You know, I remember I remember Jeff Bridges, I remember John Goodman, kind of, but I didn't remember anybody else. I did not remember the jungle part at the start. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think it weaves an interesting story. I think the film is a victim of early '90s film. Yeah, you know, like sure. literally so early '90s that it, it is 1990, um, and it's um, you know, it's it has some cheesy issues. Yeah, but I think that that once again is just because. That's what people were doing back then. You know, I think, like, I, I'm sure to an audience back then, this was a very creepy, crawly, scary little film that mm-hmm. people were like, oh, God, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, how do I feel about it? I, I, feel, I feel pretty good. Um, 
you know, it was worth a watch. It did make me a little bit more um, heebie-jeebies about it, too, I think. You know, now as an, as an adult watching this, for sure. Um, the Spider-Work was great. And it was interesting to think about, like, this brood of spiders and what their mission is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in a way, too, like, thinking of the situation where we find ourselves right now. Like, this thing just kind of comes in and can decimate an entire town. Yeah, totally. You know, like, and that's sort of where we are right now. So, you know, it, it was sort of impossible to not think about that while watching this. Yeah, of course. Um, just because that's that's it, man. Especially you know? when they allude to the like the web. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, totally. How it spreads and like, it, yeah. The, you know, they pinpoint. I think towards the end of the movie, they pinpoint all the different people that have died, and it kind of like yeah. right in the middle is Jeff Bridges' house, and you figure out oh, that's where it came from. Um, I think that. God, the the beginning is so jolting to me that fucking Julius San Julie like the doctor. Yeah. What he does and he just like smokes out all those bugs and they just like all die. and like this is a a rainforest that has never been touched. And the first thing you want to do as an animal is go in there and kill a bunch of them yeah. for your own like uh scientific pleasure, I guess. Right, which sure. I just, it was very, um, it's very 1990s. We, we didn't give a shit about the environment back then. Sure. Yeah. Like, so it just was very interesting to see, like, we, we, never... we, we hadn't had Jurassic Park yet. Yeah. We would never see that in like a movie today. I don't think. Yeah. Right. Or if we did, the guy would be such an asshole. Like, because yeah. that doctor, he like has moments of asshole, but then he has like redeeming qualities too. So it's sure. kind of like a more balanced character. If we had this character today that was going to go in and like decimate a species, they, he would be a total asshole. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like in he, Jurassic Park. <laughs> he like essentially walks in and like yard guards the place. You yeah. know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? What was he thinking? Oh, um, what were some of your favorite moments from the film? Um, I, I do want to point out one of the, I, one of the parts that just like cracked me up is like we go from like jungle like do da do da do da do da type of music yeah. and then like just so you know that we're going to small town America we're gonna get majestic like aerial shots with harmonica in the background right yeah so you know yeah. we're going to small town America now everybody. small town California nonetheless <laughs> too exactly it, it was it was a such a juxtaposition and I found it interesting that the guy at the beginning. Um, who is essentially like quote unquote the photographer? I guess. Oh my god, that that character could not have been more stereotypical <laughs> than 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 like anything. Anyways, he, he doesn't even like he doesn't even really seem to know how to be a photographer. So why what's, is he what's your focus? Football, football, yeah. <laughs> with his Miami Dolphins hat on. I'm just it, like, it, it was oh my god, yeah it it um. It, once again, I think it's a, it's a function of the 90s, right? Yeah. Like, everything was so archetypal back then. Like, it didn't matter what your substance was. You were part of just the the machine of the story, and your role was to do such and such. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Maybe writers were lazy back then. Maybe. Or maybe they were just used to doing it a certain way, because we were so used to it by then. But um, I did another trope that I found kind of funny is the... Um, the uh, coroner who's always eating, like that's oh my like, god, yes! In like every movie, the coroner is always eating, <laughs> and is and is such a queen. Oh my god, yeah. such a queen, such a queen that that near the end, before the dude dies, he's wearing a pink cardigan. Yeah. Like it was so hilarious with his I, wife. Um, what is it, Mimi? Right? From yeah, yeah. What what is the guy's name? Hold on. Oh, 
Um, not Henry Jones. That's not it. Oh, what's his damn name? He's been in so many things. I'm not sure. I mean, for example, he was in Big Business with Lily Tomlin and oh. Bette Midler, <laughs> um, where he plays the doctor, actually, because um, his funny. voice is so recognizable. It was, that, it was actually really funny to see him. And his wife, um, the doctor in town... His wife was uh, what's her face? Yeah, I um, she her she too. was in she was in the mouth of madness. Remember, <laughs> she's um, in a ton of shit. She's been a ton of stuff. Yeah, and like sometimes she's in horror shit too. She's um, she's kind of a classic, right? I'm sure she's no longer with us. I did think it was funny that how this, literally how the spider gets here is kind of comical in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like it goes from the rainforest to the thing that they're carrying out of the jungle to the casket to the small town, and to the crow, and then to the family farm. Yeah, like, it's literally, right. like, a, right. a journey for this. It's, like, fucking homeward bound for the spider. <laughs> like, well, you know, and I, I like how they, they played up the horror with the spiders by making you believe that the spiders had a memory. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it's... It, they they who, I, who, who directed it again? I forget who directed. It um, is Frank, Frank Marshall. Marshall. So, you know, I think that... Wasn't that Penny Marshall's husband? Am I, I crazy? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um... Frank Marshall did a good job of focusing on the spider's eyes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it's that fear of holes. Yeah, well, it's like fear that. of holes, but then also like you know it's a it's a spider's eye, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you know the the eyes are the window into anyone's soul, even you know in this case a spider who has a spider soul, you know whatever. <laughs> um, but what I'm I, I think I'm, what I'm getting at is that I think that he did that. So you really had a chance to like personalize the spider and to anthropomorphize huh. it into you know some sort of human qualities. I, I just I, I you get multiple shots of that you know the queen and the you know the daddy their eyes mm-hmm. and I really thought that each time that I saw them like oh you're trying to make me think that they remember humans right yeah. now ruining their their spot and like the beautiful... trying to get revenge yeah sure it it, beca- it becomes a revenge story really mm-hmm. in this. Um, um, spider where they love, lose. Spider love is on full. Scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did think that there's a really funny line in this. It's where they're at the party that Margaret throws for them. Yeah, where um, they're talking to the football captain and like his family, and um, he he reveals that his son is the quarterback, and the wife of Jeff Daniels says, "Oh, nepotism, eh?" And she's like, "Oh no, we're Baptists." Yes, <laughs> totally. It was hilarious. Um, um, that, that party was so awkward, too. I know. Jesus. The, well, the doctor is such a... Who said I can't have another one? I'm going to have another one. Um, I did think that um, the doctor, um, Jeff Daniels, is not very sanitary in his practice because I did clock at least three times where he's working with several different patients not wearing any gloves or anything. Uh, um, also, can we talk about the scene where the, gym, the gym coach brings them in, brings him in to obviously give the dudes physicals, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, what could be a dream for many of us, touching the testicles of many men, um, is just a job for this doctor. Um, but he, if you watch the scene, is not wearing a glove, and he just goes from nutsack to nutsack. <laughs> so, um, like, on down the line, like, I mean, come on, right? I mean, like, that's like, a lot That's a lot even for me. Nobody wears gloves in this movie. If you Nobody. Watch, if you watch the scenes where they're looking for the spider bites, do you think they're touching those dead bodies with gloves? Do you think, nope. that we're, do you think we're hyper aware of I don't that know. Right I don't know. Because of COVID? Like, I don't know. Maybe that could be it. Like, I mean, because i got to be honest with you. The next time that I, like, you know, 
the next time that, that things happen, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I might wear rubber gloves yeah. during it. It is possible. Yeah. Um, I, I might did. wear a full body condom. I was thinking to myself, uh, I if I was in that house at the end, I would literally just let it burn. I oh, one thousand percent. Number burn. one, the the wood was a problem, um, clearly. And just number get it, two, claim insurance on it, baby. Yeah, number two, like goodbye, goodbye, we're done. Like that, that too many bad memories, never going to happen again. Um, some things that I uh, thought were a little off putting is okay. like. The end, the end, the very, very end, I think it's just kind of silly where they're okay. back in San Francisco and they have the earthquake and the wine and all that stuff. Oh, that wasn't silly. It was awful. Not needed. Not needed at all. Um, and then also like the, uh, the, the score and how it reflects the characters. So like when certain yeah. characters come in, like when John Goodman's character comes in, he gets like his own score. Right. And I'm just like, come on. It's, it's, it's like needed. cheesy. And obviously his character overall, I'm kind of like, you don't fit here. Like, you don't fit. His, his character did nothing. His character literally did nothing for the entire movie. Um, he, he's the exterminator. He shows up for a couple of funny things. Um, he finds some stuff. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't actually do anything. It wasn't um, clear why, why he's here. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, I did, it did make me like a little like squeamish when they kept putting their like hands in everything. Like, you know, especially like the sheriff, for instance. So the sheriff goes to, who's also so annoying. Oh, I know. I'm more on him later, but, um, they have a little fun fact about his character, but, um, when they go to Margaret's house to try to find the spider that bit her, yeah, he literally is like eating cereal out of a box, like not even... You know, if I'm looking for a deadly spider, the first thing I'm going to do is, like, look in the box first, yeah. maybe shake it up, maybe see what's going on. There's just, there's some really bad decision-making in this. Uh, also, Julian Sands' character yeah. going up into that barn alone. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he exit on by, like, tapping By touching on the, the web. web. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're by yourself and you have no weapons. What are you I mean, doing? Like, they're just, there's a lot of dumb decisions in the film just in general, I mean, it's, I, I just think that one of the things you have to do if you're if you're going to watch this film to have fun and not yeah, criticize yeah. it like we are right now, you, you just you're going to have to suspend a little bit of everything. Like, there's just no way around it because there's just a lot of dumb shit in this movie. Like, that's just that's just the reality of it. Um, but uh, yeah, all those things I, that you just said, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I just I also think you know while we're talking about stuff that we don't like. Is that it's just a lot of it is pretty stereotypical. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the guy in the beginning, whatever is Jerry Manley, like he's like this football obsessed duck. Um, he doesn't even fit the profile of like a nature photographer. So I know. why are you there? I know. Why why would the world's top spider scientist, whoever that is, why would he, why are you there to do this? That doesn't why make any sense to you? me. Yeah. No, doesn't I make totally any sense at all. And not to mention somebody who like has clearly never been in the jungle before. Like, don't get me wrong, I haven't either. But like he hasn't been in the jungle at all because he's scared of like spider webs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just gonna guess if you're gonna go to the fucking rainforest, like you're probably gonna be you you may not like it, but you're gonna be used to having Versed in it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's gonna be bugs and shit, and you're gonna be like, all right, I'm I'm used to this kind of thing, whatever. 
Um, you know, that's one thing. The town doctor thing got old after a while. Like, I, I know that was part of the story and part of the foil because that dude has to die. Like, I get it. But that got old. I did think it was kind of funny, though, that it almost seemed like um, he was being framed by the spy. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. It did. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, like you said, the score, the score is simply awful. It's it's so bad. Um, the, the Jimmy Buffett song at the very end also is just, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can't get any um, more, you know, fucking hammer over the fucking head about a movie about were, bugs. Do you think that they were trying to go after the uh, Pet Cemetery? Because Pet Cemetery came Maybe. out in 1989, and they had the original song at the end of their credits. Yeah, but the difference there is, is that the Ramones did it, and the Ramones are fucking cool. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, an actual song. <laughs> yeah, and like like Jimmy Buffett is like you know I when I was a teenager I used to like Jimmy Buffett songs. Like now I would I would rather like slip my wrist than fucking listen to Jimmy Buffett. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so it's so white person like boat fucking retirement community dumb. I still know, I, just, I, st- I have no need for it. I still know all the words to the rap in Cheeseburger in Paradise. Um, <laughs> I like mine with lettuce <laughs> and tomato, Heinz 57 and French fried potatoes, big kosher pickle and a cold draft beer. Root beer. Cold root beer? I thought it said cold draft beer. No, root beer, I think. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've anyway. been to I've been to two Jimmy Bubba concerts in my life. Oh, God. Um, anywho, yeah. There's there's a lot wrong with this movie. Me, but also saying that I just want to qualify it by saying like you know it's it's a it's fun ni- feature. It's feature. 1990. Like you know, so we we watched it for the show. Do I need to watch it again? No, I'm not gonna watch it again. Did I buy it? No, I rented it. You know, like I'm not. This is not on my list for you know anything big. But in a show about phobias and about fears, yeah, of course it fits. And I will definitely say it was fun to revisit, without a doubt. Um, so we should go over some of the fun facts that we found about yeah, this. Yeah, tell me. Um, so those were actual spiders. They used actual spiders in this movie. Um, what? Yeah. All of them uh, were? Uh, except for Big Big Mama or whatever. Like that. So what, did they, did they train these little motherfuckers? I don't, that's what I couldn't find anything about. Um, but they were actual spiders. They were from New Zealand. What? Um, they were called Avondale spiders. Uh, they're a harmless species from New Zealand, and they were provided by a land care research in Auckland. Um, despite their fierce appearance, the spider is a docile member of the crab spider family and is, in fact, harmless to humans. I mean, how many spiders were killed in the making of this film? I don't. Well, no, they actually, um, when I was doing my research, they said that they were very um, conscious of not killing the spiders like that part where john goodman steps on the spider that's actually a, that's actually a pack in his shoe that goes off not hmm. an actual thing like interesting spider. and anytime that they use dead spiders they did they did use dead spiders but they were spiders that died of natural causes that's you know i i guess i didn't even really think about it watching yeah. it um and maybe I don't know. Maybe I just figured they were doing like CGI shit or some something. Not I don't 1990. Know. But yeah, I, mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, if, I'll tell you what, though, if there was a remake of this movie, they would be CGI spiders. Oh, for Garen, sure, Garen fucking Tiet. I just I, I I really do wonder. Like, was there a spider trainer involved or some shit? I don't know. It's or interesting. If they put, would they 
put stuff out there for them to go to. I don't know know. how you train spiders, but that's really crazy. Anyways, it just gives a little bit of an appreciation to the movie. Like they actually use like real spiders. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, the giant spider. So like big daddy or whatever you call him. Um, he was a, uh, bird eating tarantula, which can attain the leg span of eight inches or more. So he was big too. However, the one spider that he's battling at the end is an animatronic spider. So that's Ugh. the only time that they use animatronics. God, but, oh, I'm just freaking out right now. <laughs> but you want to know a fun fact about the animatronics? Tell like me. The spider, the person who did that prop, it's fucking Jamie Heineman from Mythbusters. Really? Yeah. He, he, that was like one of his earlier works uh, Interesting. In, in, the prop in, in the prop business. Hey, yeah, props to you. <laughs> And then one final thing is, um, I don't know if you noticed, or I felt a little bit up- upended by this part, um, when the sheriff is told by the doctor, or the scientist, excuse me, to go get the guys at the mortuary, because he found them, yeah. and that's the the place where they all are hosting or whatever. Sure. Um, he tells him to go back and get them. We never see the sheriff again throughout Thank the rest God. of the movie. However, there is a deleted scene where he actually as in the in the truck going to get them gets bit by a spider and goes off like the off the road like he dies which is much more satisfying to me because that guy was just such a dipshit cutting cutting room floor huh yeah. um i'll tell you what good because i didn't want to see him again he he was such a terrible character another another big character actor though i've seen that guy in a movie yeah movies. it's just yeah. I, he didn't work he didn't work well he's just such a bitch yeah he's a total <laughs> bitch like they explain in the movie that he's supposed to be like a bully. He's been a bully since fifth grade. Or I taught him, but he's actually just kind of like a yes man. Like he kind of just like does yeah, whatever anybody tells him to do. Also, like who cares? Like I mean, who thought that that subplot was going to be worth it for my time? Like I don't have enough time in a movie about spiders to worry about who was a bully in fifth grade. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think like, they were just trying. To, I think they were just trying to give everyone their like minute you know like i mean i guess but it's like you know i I just think for writers like like stuff like that and you you don't have time to develop that and if you really are going to edit that fucking like death out then why do i care you know what i mean like unless it's going to be some sort of some sort of quality to it at the end who gives a fuck and we'll talk a little bit in our next movie about how you properly um, do characters, yeah. Uh, rather than just hitting you over the head with like inane facts about them. I agree. <laughs> in this movie. I agree. But um, overall, I still had a lot of fun with Arachnophobia. Sure, uh, it's been a movie that I haven't revisited in a long time. Like I said, um, Jeff Daniels. It's it was nice to see him kind of in a role like this. Because Je- I, think- I said Jeff Bridges earlier, I met Jeff. Oh, Daniels. did you? I didn't I even did. touch it. Sorry. Um, cause I think that after kind of this point, he kind of gets, uh, screwed into, uh, comedy for like kind of the rest of his career. Dumb and dumber. Yeah. I mean, after that, he doesn't really do any other. Yeah. Right, he, right, I, right. I can't think of anything. All I can think of his comedies after that, but. I and mean, he's, he's had some good stuff, but yeah, you, I, I don't think you're wrong. He's, he's done a lot of comedy, a lot of silly comedy. And I guess on the last day of filming, um, they saved that like penul- penultimate scene, like you know the ending, yeah. till the last day of filming, and that was like he was the only one on set. And, wow! Uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. That's cool. Um, I think that that last what 10, 10, 15 minutes is pretty intense, where he's trying to kill the master spider. It was, yeah. I, I never, it's, it's a it's a good fight scene. I've never seen a nail gun like that. Neither have I. That <laughs> yeah, was a lot. It's like a missile launcher. But. but yeah, I mean, it was it was well done. 
Yeah. So overall, I had fun with it. Maddie, what would you give Arachnophobia out of seven stripes? Because here at Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we judge on a seven scale because there are seven colors in the magical rainbow. I will give Arachnophobia just three and a half. I think it's I think it's a good middling horror film. Um, horror. I, I'm going to qualify the horror there. I'm going to say it's like a horror drama. Midi. It's horror, funny because horror-a-medy. IMDb uh, kind of posits this. They have three categories for this. It is horror, comedy, and fantasy. That's that's weird. Um, <laughs> I, I I I think it's like a horror comedy f- drama kind of thing. That that's the way that I see it. Um, which is fine. I'm not, that there's no bones about that. Um, that being said, I think middle of the road. I think is right where it belongs. I am a little higher. Um, I'm I'm coming in at like a four point five. I think. Oh wow! You like yeah, this I like, one? I like the, I like it. It's fun. Um, and I have an aversion to Julian Sands that I forgot about. So. An aversion? Wait, you don't like him? No, I'm sorry. Uh, an attraction. Oh, I was gonna say. No, I forgot about Julian Sands totally. God, <laughs> we have, I love that we have such different taste in men. It's so funny. I wish I could get my hair to do that. <laughs> Yeah, he he has a really interesting hair. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Good talk on arachnophobia. Absolutely. Now, what are we doing next? So we will take a break. You will hear some stuff, and we'll come back with The Descent. Okay. Give me a smile. Gino, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost in my life. <laughs> There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. It's time to review the heartwarming film, The Descent. Maddie, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Descent and who's in it? Sure thing. The Descent from 2005, directed and written by Neil Marshall. Isn't that funny? The last one was directed by Frank Marshall. huh? Anyways, The Descent, 2005. A year after a tragic accident, six friends reunite for a caving expedition. Their adventure soon goes horribly wrong when a collapse traps them deep underground and they find themselves pursued by bloodthirsty creatures. As their friendships deteriorate, they find themselves in a desperate struggle to survive the creatures and each other. The Descent stars Shauna McDonald as Sarah, Natalie Mendoza as Juno, 
Alex Reed as Beth, Saskia Mulder as Rebecca, Mayana Burin as Sam, and some other folks, too. Uh, the box office was really good. Uh, the budget was GBP, 3.5 million pounds. Opening weekend in the USA brought in about 8.9 million. Gross USA, 26 million. Cumulative worldwide, $57 million. Not a bad rake in for 3.5 million pounds. And now we know why there's a sequel. <laughs> it's a true. <laughs> All right. This is, um, Andrew, this is, um, as I know, one of your top horror films of all time. I love this movie. It's great. I, I, this was interesting because I did not, I could not figure out a way we were going to be able to talk about this movie on the show, but just because I'm like, well, we can't just do like caving is terrifying. (laughs) So I was like, what are we going to do? And then when we talked about doing the fear episode, I was like, perfect we can finally do the descent um but i would love to hear your thoughts on it just because you already kind of know that i love this i'll i'll say some stuff about it obviously but i would like to hear your thoughts yeah i you know the descent is wonderful um it is um it's a film that is remarkably understated for what it takes you through and you know the the uh, the beginning of, of the film after they go through the, the you know the whitewater rafting and you know she gets in the car with her husband and the car accident happens and he dies right um, you know that there's so much more going on there um, you've seen the looks you know that he's distracted you know something's happening but the film does a great job of of leaving it sort of uh, lingering in your imagination until you know near the end of the movie. Um, it's it's a really wonderful film about betrayal and about um, survival, um, and I think that sort of you know the horror aspects of the film just help to um, help to enunciate those themes. Really, um, I think it's a wonderful film about you know finding strength inside of you um, and taking no bullshit. And um, on top of that all, it's also a really good creature film. It's also a really good film about claustrophobia. It's also a really good film about fear and about phobias. Um, And it's a wonderful, incredible ride um, that you really hadn't gone on before you saw Mm -hmm. this movie, to be honest. Like, it's a very different kind of horror film. For sure. Um, And it's also, you know, it's all women. Mm -hmm. It's all that it is, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's... It's kind of an incredible thing, and all all the creatures, as far as we know, are genderless, really. Um, so it's a really incredible film. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so the descent. Um, first time I watched this funny story, I went into my local, you know, cinema, apocalypse or whatever you want to call it, um, yeah. cinema, and I. Um, went we went and sat down and the the movie was getting ready to go and we got through the previews and the movie started and all of a sudden i realized we were in the wrong movie <laughs> what were you in um it was that oh god terms of endearment no it was that movie that was about the 80s tv show with the the fluorescent shirts and the he's on a boat all the time and uh-huh. had jamie Ken- not jamie kennedy jamie fox in it Okay. Uh, whatever. I can't think of the name. Of I it can't right recall now. it. Either. But we started, and we're like, "Wait, we're in the wrong movies." We had to go out. The movie, the descent, had already started, so we had to come back oh, the next no. morning and see it. So, <laughs> it's oh, an interesting little thing about it. But um, no, I went into this movie not knowing much. I saw the preview, and the previews back in the day didn't really give away um, a lot of the twists like they do sure. nowadays. And this was a very small movie for the U.S. Yeah. Um, 
It even came out a year prior in the UK, so it was mainly a UK production. Um, they brought it over here, played in a limited amount of theaters. Um, I did not know that this was a creature movie. I just thought it was a caving yeah. movie. And yeah. to be honest with you, I would watch either because I think it's so yeah. well done. And the claustrophobia that that um, Sarah goes through when she's going through that cave and kind of gets oh stuck. Oh, my God. Oh that, my is, God. that is panic-inducing. Like, the, I started to get panicky during that. And it, it, that, that, that part, it, it, it damn near kills you watching it. Seriously. I know. Well, and I guess that the actress does suffer from some claustrophobia so that some of that fear is, like, real. Um, but there's just so many cool things about this movie. I guess at the beginning when they're doing the river rafting, those are the actual actresses. The, they really? Didn't, they didn't do uh, stunt casting. They kind of wow, just did it. Man. Um, there's a ton of stuff that after you see it for the first time, you're like, oh, like some of those looks you're talking about at the beginning. I took that as, oh, she kind of is attracted to her husband. I did not think on the initial watch that that was the subplot that they were having an affair. Yeah. It's brutal. Um, these kills mean something like they, and like what we were talking about in arachnophobia, what that doesn't really do the best is what this movie does so right is that it gives you just the right lines and just the right character um, pieces that you know a little bit about each one of those characters. Nobody's yeah. a throw. Nobody's a throwaway. Like everyone right. has their like little moment to shine. Um, and when they die, you're like, oh shit! Like they're dead. Like in the the one that's I think at least to me the most upsetting is when um, Juno accidentally kills Beth, and Ugh. just because. When you're going into the movie, you kind of... That was tough. That was tough. Well, you kind of see Beth as kind of like secondary character. You know what I mean? Like, that's her best friend. You think she's going to be like, yeah, she'll probably die, but she'll probably be one of the last ones to die or like self-sacrifice herself or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And the way she's taken out is just completely out of left field and you're just... Welcome to the descent. You know what I mean? yeah. And I did find it very interesting that we don't even see a creature until about 50 minutes into this movie. And yeah, it's still terrifying. Enough, we don't. It's still terrifying. I would watch this movie if it was just a movie about them going down into the cave and getting stuck. Yeah. I didn't even need the creatures. The creatures are just like an added bonus for me. Yeah. The, 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 the creatures are sort of an ancillary way to... Um, Off They're them. almost... <laughs> um, they're almost... What's the word I'm looking for? They're almost sacramental. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, the outward nature of the descent that they're all discovering about themselves, sure. So it's it's, a, and it's, it's a slow it's, descent into uh, Crazy Town for Sarah. Yeah, like she's yeah. slowly descending into her insanity, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I know that there's a lot of theories out there that I've seen that is this are the creatures all just made up in Sarah's head and this is just her slowly going crazy and killing her friends. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what um, Neil Marshall I mean, set out to do, but. Part two answers that, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't um, was- But that that's an interesting theory. I, I had not read that. Um, I hadn't either. I just saw some people, when I was doing some research, I just saw some theories about it, but I, mean, I don't that, think that that's the case. No, I, I don't think so either. But I, you know, I think like, like any theory about, about a film, I think it's, it's fun to consider. And it's, and it's fun to consider because it makes you, you know, reconsider then all the other notions that you have about the film and mm-hmm. gives you a different lens to look through as to why a certain character is doing, you know, such and such. I did so think I, it was... I think it's really interesting. I did think it was funny that we get kind of a, a UK's version of what, like, what Backwoods America is like. Yeah, right, right. Um, right. With like all the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do yeah. music and then like the, uh, what is it, like the... 
um, the Bible, the like, bullet holes in it. Yeah, and also, if she paid money for that cabin, she needs to get her money back from Airbnb because that shit is big about time. About to die. <laughs> I mean, t- 2005, they didn't even have Airbnb back. Then. I know. <laughs> also, I, I guess I, I, for some reason, I thought that this film was 2007. I don't remember why I thought that. So it came out in the UK in 2005. It came out in the US in 2006. Oh, uh, okay. Well, maybe that's a bit of why. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what a film. I mean, it's. It is um, it is extremely anxiety inducing that that one scene that we discussed a little bit earlier where she first gets trapped in you know sort of the caving tunnel thing that is just the first tip of the iceberg I know going through it is such a difficult scene to watch and you know really very little happens in that scene to begin with right so it just, it just really speaks to the environment that they created in the, on the set. Um, to the the acting ability of those two particular actresses, um, it was really really well done. Um, so claustrophobic, so anxiety inducing, mm-hmm. like literally turning your head away. And like you said, there's no is no, not even a creature there yet. And there's a, I mean there's a lot of parts like that in this movie, like yeah. the part where she gets the rope pulled through her hands. Oh. The, the, like that is like you know what that feels like you oh felt that God. before and to have such an extreme case of rope burn that it's giving you like a cut oh. Oh. <laughs> God, it's making me jump right now that that feels so uncomfortable and then oh also God. when her little sister is kind of having her hero moment and kind of oh. goes and like tries to hang off of the and put the the clip up and she looks down at her fingers and her fingernails are just like all mashed up and her fingers are all mashed up there's just like oh there's God. so much realism in this movie that they just yeah, the only I'll tell you my, my there's a couple of negatives and that's pretty much it. What are they? Um, I think that there are a couple of transitions that are just a little weird. Um, there's the part uh, where they are still in the cabins and the one girl gets in the shower and it's obviously the shower's too cold so she yeah. screams and that transfers to Beth like kind of checking her tongue and it's just like it's a weird scene for me yeah like, sure I, yeah I hadn't thought about that I guess that makes sense though and there's a couple of moments where I didn't think that if you're the movie is so good at doing its effects practically that if yeah. you're not going to do all the effects practically, maybe take it out of the movie. And the yeah. part that I'm talking about is the bats because the bats don't look even they remotely look real. Like they, it doesn't they, look they real look at all. Fake. Yeah. Um, I, I think they did a remarkable job on the set pieces because they built all these sets. None of those caves are real. Like they built all of those. That's. Um, I thought. I thought that at least part of it was real. No, it's all built. Um, wow. I, I found it very refreshing that we get pretty much um, each character is kind of from a different part of the world. Like, you know, yeah, good point. there's like a Scottish girl. There's like a, a English girl. There's, you know, Juno obviously has some heritage in Asia. Like, yeah. there's just some like there's some good versatility and some good um, diversity. Yeah, diversity. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think it's very refreshing that they took the chance to let all these women be badasses and that they didn't need a guy character to kind of be the badass of the movie. You know not, what I mean? Not at all. Not in the least. And I'll tell you what, when you finally get that reveal, when she lets that necklace just kind of dangle and showing Juno that she knows, whoo, child, that is some spine tingling, um, revealing, you feel it. And oh, yeah. When she, when she puts that fucking ice axe thing straight through that motherfucker's leg. Oh, motherfucker. I will oh. say I will say this time as I get as I get older, I think. And as I get more forgiving, because I know I don't have as much time left to be resentful <laughs> is like 
is that really needed? Like, can't we just talk about this after we get out of the cave? <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> well, you're a vindictive I, little bitch. <laughs> uh, well, it's true. But I mean, especially in matters of passion and, and of love, um, I'm totally that way. It's like, you know, there's a good meme going around right now. It's like me at the end of Midsummer, And it's like somebody like just laughing in a field. And that is like totally me, right? Um, but yeah, you know, with this though, when she puts that axe through her, through that bitch's leg, it was fuck yeah awesome awesome yes do it because you know what guess what them's the wages of sin motherfucker (laughs) and you are trapped down here you should have thought before you went before you did all of that awful stuff you know with a woman whose husband got killed in a car accident like you know what a what a um once Sarah knows what a remarkable feat of grace she actually has, not putting that ice axe through the bitch's head after going through all of that and not bringing the book along and no one knows where they're going and this and that. And then she also finds out that all of this happened on top of all the other shit that has already happened to her in her life. Like, fuck, that's a lot, girl. Um, and I, it, the gore is fantastic in this movie. It's yeah. like so overdone that it's, you kind of get used to it after a while. Yeah, like the first yeah. time you're like, Ooh, gross. But then by the end you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, come on, kill them. Like, Give me more. Um, the, the creatures are also terrifying. Oh yeah, for sure. Not so they, much they in the second scary. one, but <laughs> second one. No, because they're just, they're not quite as, I don't know. Scary. Mind? You know, I don't know. Like in the first one they, they they are definitely scarier. I don't know if they got new actors entirely or why they changed certain nuances of it in, in part two, but they sure did. Yeah. Um the only other the only other scene that I kinda of find weird is at the very beginning when Sarah wakes up in the hospital yeah. and Beth is there to tell her that her husband and her child have been killed. Oof. And she breaks down. Literally, no one else around her is reacting. She yeah. is melting down. She is a patient of the hospital in a patient gown, melting down in the middle of the hallway in the hospital. And not even a nurse can respond? Or I, Yeah, I, I see that. that that's... that's um, that's It's just strange. weird. It's just so out of place. But that's other strange. than that, I think that there is some great camera work with this. There's a very striking scene where um, Sarah is finally out of the vat of blood, and it does a close-up on her eyes once she hears, I think she hears Juno call out for her. Um, yeah. And it, it's so striking because it's all of the red blood, and then you see her bright blue eyes, and it's just, there's yeah. a, a lot of really great moments like that, that they take the time to maybe take a chance on like doing a, a very close-up of their eyes and what they see, or like... Like, I don't know. I, I can't sing the prizes of this movie enough. I really think it's uh, pretty striking. I do think that the UK ending is stronger than the US ending. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the, the discrepancies between the tell, two. Tell me the difference. So the US ending is obviously what we watched probably because that was yeah. what was on demand or whatever. Um, the UK ending it's actually right after that moment with Juno, she wakes up and she's still in, she has a moment where she's with her daughter one last time with the cake and they blow out the candles. But when she blows out the candles, it is discovered that she is still in the cave. And all you hear in the background is the creatures kind of like coming for her. And that's just the end. And and I guess they tested it with us uh, audiences and the, they thought it was too depressing. That was too depressing to end it that way. So just like us Americans, we have to have our happy ending, which the U S ending's not happy either, but at least you kind of have like a resemblance. She gets out, you know, even though she's crazy now, but, um, 
Yeah. What are um, what are some of the uh, the factoids that you dug up about this? Yeah. So the crawlers, as they're referred to in the movie, were actually supposed to resemble Nosferatu. Okay. Um, they actually had uh, they were actual actors. They didn't they didn't hire stunt people. Sense. They hired actors to like give them a little bit more of a personality. Yeah. Um, it took uh, three and a half hours to get the makeup on to transform oh them. God. And they had to shave off all of their body hair. Wow. Um, This is the crazy one for me that I didn't know, but I guess the appearance of the creatures was kept secret from the cast members until the first scene in which they encounter them. So when the cast is, you know, finally filming and the scene and the girls encounter the the crawlers, the girls were genuinely scared and like screaming. So that's like a natural reaction to that. Um, the jokey production name, you know how you always have like a name so that, um, yeah, sure. people don't know, like don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It was called chicks with picks, which I oh think is hilarious. God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and then finally just the, the UK ending, which we kind of already discussed, but it's like wow. much bleaker than, um, the U S ending. And if you end, if the UK ending was the one that stuck, you can't have a part two. So I guess the part two is just an answer to the U S ending. I, I just still stand by by part two just makes choices that I, I just simply don't understand. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and the way that they leave... It is Ju- what it is, but whatever. The way that they leave Juno in part one, there is no fucking way yeah. that she's still down there in part two. Sorry I, for spoilers, I, I, but... I feel the same way. And like sud- suddenly also she has like the pick out of her you know leg and she's doing fine. Like, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, not at all. To be honest. Um, I don't have much more on the descent. I, I, I think we've chatted a good deal about it. I mean, yeah. I think that the the film speaks for itself. It's it's a really great movie, um, and just so well done. We've already discussed so anxiety inducing, brutal as hell, brutal, and just also a really interesting story told in an interesting way. So I I think it's it's um it's great. Fantastic! Yeah. I give the descent out of seven a six point five. That's what I think. That's wonderful. I'm going to give it a solid six. Um, I think it is way top up there. I think it's so well done. Um, would watch it again. Ten out of ten. Cool. Well, we'll take our final break, and we'll be right back with slice left, slice right. Woo! Are you looking for? Okay, early to bed, early to rise makes a woman healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's why you're wiser than me. It's Stephen. Hi, I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. Hi, my name's Monroe. Uh, You've probably already noticed that I have incredibly blue eyes. Are you ready to slice left? Are you ready to slice right? You can slice left. You could slice right. Doesn't matter. Just slice one way or not. We're in our game. It's called Slice Left and Slice Right, folks. And Andrew has some folks ready for us to pick. If you've never heard this before, it's basically our Tinder game. That's all that it is. But we call it Slice instead of Swipe because we're a horror podcast. Andrew, go ahead. Who's first? And we want to cut people. No, cut, yeah, cut. No, we do. No, it's true. We do. All right. First on the docket is Dr. Ross Jennings, played by Jeff Daniels. Um, I'm going to slice left on him, to be honest. Um, you know, I just don't want to slice right on him. You know what I mean? I don't want to have sex with him. I'll slice right. I like, I think he's cute in this movie. Yeah. Cause, cause do you like doctors? Is it that kind of thing? 
I mean, I wish. Jeez. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, okay, who's next? The next is Dr. Atherton, played by Julian Sands. Um, I'm going to slice left on him, too. Are he's you not serious? My- yeah, he's he's not my style. Um, he is smart. I want to like I want to like be his friend, um, but I don't want to date him though. Oh, I'd slice right all day. Come on now. I know. Ac- I got you. Accent, accent alone. I knew you would. All right. Next up on the docket is Shauna McDonald, who plays Sarah, our heroine from The Descent. I mean, you know, in theory, slice right, right? You know, I love a powerful person, but you know, in reality, slice left because I'm gay. Um, but let's just go in the theoretical part, and that is to say that, like, yeah, I think she's amazing and incredible. Um, you know, if you're going to be with her after all that shit, it's going to take a little time, you know? Maybe a little care is needed, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think she's a little too emotionally damaged for me, um, unfortunately. Sure. I don't have I don't have the ability to help that person in that way. Oh, I'm sorry. So. Did you say emotionally damaged? Is that why I sliced <laughs> right? Oh, perfect. That, that actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it. <laughs> so I will slice left, unfortunately. I get Sarah. it. Um, next up, our uh, villain... Uh, Juno, played by Natalie Mendoza. Slice left all the way. Done. You're out of here. I I despise cheaters. I despise liars. She's done. I will also slice left. However, I think she has amazing style and looks very beautiful. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give her that. But yeah, definitely immediate slice left. And then finally, our last bachelor slash bachelorette, Delbert McClintock, played by John Goodman. Um, slice and left. I will slice left, but I'd like to have a beer with John Goodman. Yeah, so. sure. I mean, I would, I would absolutely love to, but without a doubt, I am slicing left on Delbert. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 31, our first wow. our first uh, episode from quarantine. Uh, we'd like to shout out Legion Podcasts, as yes. always. They are our network, and you could, should go give some of their shows a try. Um, we do have some unfortunate news in the realm of what's going on as of you know as of this recording. We're we're probably most likely yes canceling our run-in with Mark Patton at the Music Box Theater. We are looking into some alternatives so that may be going digital if possible. We're still kind of working out the kinks, but... We'll, we'll definitely be doing something. We, we're just we're working on what that's going to be now. So, you know, cross your fingers for a really fun virtual event. Um, but, you know, it's not just this event. It's everything, right? I mean, everything is being canceled, and um, that's just that's just where we all are today. So you know the yeah. the important the important thing out of any uh, out of any of this because we you know, of course we're super disappointed. the The important thing is that you're all healthy, that we're healthy, and that we you know really practice all this stuff that we're talking about as much as we can and take it really seriously because we have to stop this damn motherfucker from going any further. Agreed. Um, I don't have any other shoutouts. Do you have any other? Do you have any shoutouts? Um, the only shoutouts that I have really are to our beautiful, lovely listeners. Um, we know that this is a tough time for everybody right now, and you know I'm sure that at least one of you that are listening right now, you've been laid off, or you got let go from your job, or something terrible has happened. You can't make your rent. Somebody around you is sick. I don't know. Whatever it is. 
just know that as always, we are thinking of you. You know, we love doing the show. It's for everybody. We have so much fun doing it. We hope that you had fun listening to this in a really weird and crazy time. So all of our shout outs right now are really just for our listeners. That's, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and if you're having a, t- a tough time and need somebody to talk to, feel free to reach out. We're always, always. here. So. But as always, we encourage you to get, get slayed. slayed.